What's up? Hey, listen, I don't know about you, but that was good. And I think we need to give the Lord a little bit of praise this morning. Can we do that? Huh? Awesome. And if you want to, you can give it up for your pastor. I know he's a God-fearing man. He's doing great things. You guys have come a long way from the pizza inn. Amen? Amen. This morning is so good to be here. I'm very excited uh, to be able to hang out with you guys. I've followed you guys like crazy. I told First Service, it's one of those things where I, I am like Mark's little brother that he never had. He is the older brother that I never had. I still question that sometimes. But I feel like Four Points is like a niece and nephew because just seeing how God has worked and moved and birthed you guys, it's, it's just incredible. So you guys have something to be proud of. And you guys got to take honor in knowing that this is God's church and you guys get to come here every single week and worship. It's a beautiful thing. Not to mention when the renovation gets started. Amen? Because you know when that happens, something bigger is going to happen in here and you need to be ready for it. If you're not ready for it, you need to start praying now because if you don't start praying now, when it happens, you ain't going to know what to do. All right? Amen? This morning, I want to... I want to come at you and, and, and show you a perfect story of someone who caught someone, not caught them. How many of you have focused this week on catching and not catching? How many of you guys were here last week? So you know what I'm talking about. I don't have the big foam finger. It's okay. It's a Bill's finger, so I couldn't put it on. It's all right. You know what I mean? I love you, man. I, hey, I got the microphone, and it's a beautiful thing. No, it's, it's one of those things where... We should take joy, we should take honor in catching people instead of catching people. And I think we lose sight of that sometimes. And, and this morning, I want to show you the true story of someone who thrived on that, who found honor in that, who found joy in that, and they also found peace in that. We're going to look at a woman named Ruth this morning. How many of you guys have ever read the book of Ruth? How many of you even knew Ruth was a book? I'm just saying. A lot of times, great and incredible stories get lost in Scripture. That's why we challenge you each and every single week to get into Scripture so that way you find the hidden gems, so to speak, the hidden diamonds, the hidden beautiful stones. And Ruth is one of those that we miss sometimes. And we'll come in Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 through 17, but we're going to hit that in a minute. But I read something this week that really struck me, Okay. And it really helped me understand, because this morning, I'm going to hit every single relationship in this room. I'm going to hit the husband and wife. I'm going to hit the father, son, daughter, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to hit the best friends, cousins, you name it, except the only relationship that I will not hit is that of the cat and the dog that you may have, okay? Cats are only good for one reason, right? I said this first, you know, I'm just kidding. I have never punted a cat in my life or not, you know? The dog, you know what it's good for? Your pastor said this morning, first service, go get the cat, all right? I'm not going to hit, that's the only relationship that I'm not going to hit. So what I need you to do is I need you to start thinking about every relationship that you have, whether it's your best friend, whether it's your mom, your dad, husband, wife, significant other, whatever it may be, because what I want to do is I want to stretch your thinking at the way you look at those relationships this morning. I read this the other day, it said, when I read it, it just kind of struck me, it said, you don't make friends, you discover them. You don't make friends, you discover them. How many times have we made friends, but they are not our friend anymore? You discover them. You discover them. It, it's, it's so funny. I tell this story a lot of times. I didn't say it first, so I'm going to say it this one. I saved it for the best for last, right? Amen? Yeah. And it was one of those things where growing up, you know, I, I had a lot of friends. I played sports, you know, it was, sometimes they were friends by default, okay? But I had friends, and it was one of those things where now... If it wasn't for Facebook, I wouldn't know who they are or what they're doing. I don't talk to any of those friends 
that I talk with every single day, except for one, except for one, and that's your pastor. I was a little kid who switched churches. Somebody told him to look for me when I walked into the church, and guess what? We have been brothers ever since. Some of you guys need to look at your people when they walk in the door like that every single week, as in, what can I do for them? One person. Now, when Facebook come along, it was easy to, to catch up with people and say, hey, how you doing, that kind of thing. But I'm talking getting on the phone, not texting. How many of you, how many of you know how to make a phone call? Right? We kind of forgot that, right? Because we like to use our thumbs, you know? I'm talking making phone call, going to lunch, investing, pouring into people. One. It just happens to be your pastor. And guess what? I'm grateful for that. How many of you have that one that you're thoroughly grateful for? Now, don't get me wrong. My wife, she's my best friend, all right? She is my best friend. She is my rock. Poor thing is stuck with me, and we're going to hit that in a minute. Because when you have those people that you discover, they'll stick with you. And when we look at Ruth, we see Ruth, a true person who discovered a friend. Now, let me give you the backstory real quick, because I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going on two verses at you today. But I've got just a few minutes to catch you with this. Here's the backstory about Ruth. Ruth was a very unique friendship with Naomi, okay? Naomi was her mother-in-law. Now, how many of you have a unique friendship with your mother-in-law? Don't raise your hand. This is being... Re- oh, yeah, you're pointing at her. That's even better. Oh, i like to see you get out of that later. It's one of those things where she was... She, she, even, she gave you the heart, okay? It was one of those things where she had a unique friendship with her mother-in-law, okay? But this is what happens. A famine hits their land. They're forced to move. And in that, Naomi's husband, he dies. Her sons marry, and then her sons die. This is not really fair, is it? This woman is just like, her whole world just got turned upside down. Family hits the land, her husband dies, her sons die. So now Naomi is left alone. She is bitter, she is broken. Nothing like a woman scorned, amen? She is bitter, and she is broken, and she is hurt. There's no hope, there's no peace. But this is what happens. Naomi tells her daughters-in-law, all of them, to pack up and to leave. There's no reason for them to be here anymore. You don't have to stick around. There's no hope. So why in the world would I want you to stay with me when there's no hope in sight? There's no future. And Naomi develops, she develops this pessimistic view of life. Everything she saw was just bad, just wrong. Ruth, on the other hand, does this. Let's look at verse 16 and 17. This is what Ruth does. This is so funny. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and what? Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and and I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Father, we come to you right now, Lord. I pray that you will speak loudly. You will speak clearly, God. May we see these relationships, Father, the ones that we need to work on, the ones that we need to pour into more. God, whatever it may be, I pray that you open our eyes, but not just our eyes, God. You open up our hearts this morning to what you have to say. And Lord, this is your time, so you do whatever you want to do. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I have been told that this service talks back a lot. So the more you talk back to me, the more I'm going to preach. And who knows, I might jump in the... I'm just kidding. I ain't doing that. It would be funny, though, wouldn't it? All right? He said if anyone wants to get baptized, just come jump in, right? I'm kidding. This is where it gets interesting, okay? Ruth, who had every right to take off and run, she could have left. She said, hey, you know what? Naomi looks at her and she said, there's no reason for you to stay. There's no reason for you to be here. 
Everything that's about to come, there's no hope, there's no future, there's no peace. So why in the world would you stick around? Ruth looks at her mother-in-law. Now, I know a lot of times when your mother-in-law says run, some of us want to run, all right? Because you know you're in trouble, right, fellas? All right, when the mother-in-law gets that finger, like, I didn't, man, I love your daughter, I promise. No, she looks and she says, go. And Ruth looks at her, she says, go back to verse 16. Don't you tell me to leave. Don't you tell me to leave. And that just blows my mind. We need to hold on to that. Because when you discover those people that God has in your life, you do not want to leave them. You do not want to, to, to take off just because it's bad. Oh, I, I'm having a rough day. Naomi had every reason to pout. You know that? She could have pouted. She could have poked out that bottom lip the size of a diving board, and it would have been okay. Because she, had, she lost her husband. She lost her sons. She lost her land. She lost everything. But... Ruth. Because Ruth said, hey, I'm not going anywhere. And we think we have the right to pout a lot of times, right? We, we walk around, we probably go, what's wrong with you today? Nothing. You say nothing just so you can start complaining. Well, what? Don't say nothing. Go ahead and tell me what's wrong. And oh, Lord, we just throw up everybody. Well, you know, such and such cut me off on the way to church this morning. I didn't get my donut when I got here. They ran out. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. Oh, shut up. Christmas is coming. I specifically told him to get me this, and he did not. Well, guess what? We heard the word of God, and God gives us what we need, what we, not what we want. So maybe we thought that you didn't need it, and you just wanted it. So we say money. Huh? <laughs> Good luck trying that on Christmas morning, husbands. I'm just saying. I didn't say it worked. I just said try it, right? We have every, and, and, and we walk around pouting so many times. Naomi had every right. But she eventually got her bitterness and her broken heart and it turned to joy. And this is how we see why. This is what happens. When you look at people's lives, you see them differently. And I want to give you five very practical ways to show love to others this morning. And I'm talking about everybody, okay? I'm talking about, you, you know, how many of you got that one person in your life that you just can't stand? Huh? Raise your hand. Raise it up high. Okay, guess what? You don't have to like them, okay? You don't have to like them. You got to love them. You got to love them. And this is why. First one is this. You show love by sticking with someone through tough times. You show love by sticking with someone through tough times. If you were to go back and you'd read the whole story of Ruth, you would know she stuck by Naomi through tough times. Where there wasn't anything to eat, where there wasn't anything to drink, where there wasn't anywhere to lay their head down. She was with her every day side by side. Every day. Every day. Even when they argue. Even when they argue. They stuck beside each other every single day. Ruth told her, I'm going to stick with you. Now, I know it's one thing telling somebody. It's another thing to actually do it, okay? Ruth looked at her and she said, I'm going to stick with you. And by the end of the story, Naomi is like, you stuck with me. We tell people that we're going to be there for them. I'm just the call away. And when they call, we look at caller ID and we hit the red button where it says ignore or decline. We don't stick through tough times. We only want to be there when it's sufficient. It was not sufficient for Ruth at all. But it's what she knew she needed, not had to. She needed to do. When you look at this, uh, as you look at the love that Ruth had for Naomi, we understand that love has a sticking power. Okay, Love has a sticking power for some reason. How many of you ever played with super glue growing up? Huh? And you got your fingers stuck together? Huh? Anybody ever done that? 
Does it not hurt when you pull them apart eventually? That junk hurts. Imagine the sticking power that God has for us, and we try to pull away from that, how bad it hurts him. Huh? Come on, talk to me. Come on. Listen, it's one of those things where, hey, I'm going to be there for you. God, listen, I'm going to be there. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. God, where are you at? I'm right here, you big dummy. Would you listen for me? Would you stop listening to all the chatter around you and listen for my voice? That's what we, Jamie, I've never heard God's voice. Stop listening to the chatter because God's going to stick with us. It, there's no getting around it. Michael Jordan, you know, basketball player. How many of you know who Michael Jordan is? Come on, raise your hand high. All right. The only other person that was as good as him was Larry Bird. Okay, come on. McDonald's commercial. Let's go here. All right. No, this is what he says. He says, some people want it to happen, some wish it would happen, and others make it happen. Some people want to be there for you. Some people wish they could be there for you. But guess what? The people who love you for who you are, not who they want you to be, will be there for you because they make it happen. Love has a sticking power for some reason. You can't get away from it. And that's okay. Kind of like my wife, she can't get away from me. That's good for me, bad for her. huh? Now, and we're not going to talk about Leah. Hello. Sticking power? Come on now. You know? We have been stuck together for like 16, 17 years. Have we fought? Yes. Have we argued? Yes. We fight like true brothers. And I win all the time. <laughs> My wife, we argue. You know one thing that I learned when we moved into the same house together? There's nowhere to go. When we argue, it's like, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm going down here. I'm going to follow you. But if I go to follow her, I get there and guess what? I'm like, there's a door. How come I never saw that? You know? Have we fought? Have we argued? Yes. My kids, have we fought and argued? Yes. They haven't learned to argue and back. Well, they're trying. Then you, you know, I don't do that. Okay? It's one of those things where, but at the same time, I remember the first time I had to, I had to spank my son. Oh, my gosh, it just tore me to pieces. And they always say, it hurts me more than it hurts you. I never believed my dad when he said that. Now I believe it. But I'm like, why would you keep doing it if it hurts you that bad, you know? Uh, and, and, and I remember every, when I, I brought him back in, he's crying. I said, now, son, do you know why daddy had to do that? And what do you think he said? No. Hey, come on, kid. He, he looked at me and he said, well, I did this and I did this. I said, don't do it again, buddy, because this hurt me. And he looks at me and he goes, I love you, Daddy. Love has a sticking power through anything and everything. Regardless of what the circumstances are, love sticks through it. So you've got to show love by sticking with someone through tough times. And then the next one, you've got to show love by adjusting to others. You've got to show love by adjusting to others. Now, this is very interesting. Verse 16, Ruth looks at her and says, your people will be my people and your God, my God. I never really understood this adjusting thing until three different type, times in my life. Now, when you live in, in your parents' house, you know, uh, all the way up to 18 years of age, or 24 and 25, or however long, uh, when, it was, when I was 18, <laughs> I was gone. Like, <laughs> deuces, <laughs> I'm going to try this by myself. Sometimes I wish I would have stuck around a little bit longer, you know? But there was times where I had to adjust to my parents' rules. And, there, and you, how many of you ever heard this? As long as you live under my house, you're going to live by my rules. I'm like, yep, you're right. But when I move out, I'm going to have my own rules. I'm going to have my own house. And it ain't going to be the same. 
or so I thought. Then there were times where I moved on to college, and I had to get this college roommate, and a lot of adjusting happened there. It was your pastor. Do I really need to go there? All right? Think about all the adjusting I had to do to live with that, you know? No, it was just a different, because there's different personalities. But then I decided to get married. Let's talk about adjusting real quick, all right? Put the seat up, put the seat down, right? God made, you know, like dirty clothes hampers. He also made the floor. I'm just saying. Um, he made dishwashers. All us guys are supposed to do is put the dishes in the dishwasher. We, even though you got to mash a button, we never think about it. And, and it's so funny. My wife be like, you didn't wash the dishes today. I'm like, honey, the dishwasher's full. Why you turn it on? I got to do that too? Like for real? You know? Make it up the bed. Dude, when you live by yourself, because after he ran off and got married, I lived by myself, and they wouldn't know making up the bed. Only time you wash dishes is when you knew somebody was coming over. If they weren't coming over and you still had cups and plates and forks, you were good, all right? And when it comes to washing clothes, <laughs> oh, no. It just didn't happen. But then it was like this whole world just switched around. But on top of that, it got even more interesting when it comes Christmas time. I'm an only child. She's not. She's got a brother and a sister, but when you go to Christmas, it's like a family reunion. I mean, there's people everywhere. I walked in. I'll never forget the first time I walked in. I looked at her and I said, you kidding all these people? Like, there's got to be somebody in here you're not kin to. I mean, I'm terrified. She goes, I told you I had a big family. I said, no, you didn't. Not this big. And it was, it was crazy. Now, there's two good things that they're good for. Number one, the spread of food is miraculous. All right? You know what I mean? It's just like there's food everywhere. They're like, go upstairs, there's more food. Go, go in the bathroom, there's more food. There's food everywhere. And then, like, you got all these little, little people with lots of energy running around and stuff like that. And what's really entertaining is when they go running by, you just stick that foot out and see which one's going to be the bowling pin and which one's going to be the bowling ball. Now, I have never not done that. I've not done it to my kids. But I'm not going to say I didn't do it to my niece or nephew or anybody like that, you know? I mean, come on. That's what uncles are for, right? You know, you spoil them, you beat them, and it's all good. So it, it's one of those things where I had, to, I had to start figuring all this out. But then there came the oh, aha moment, all right? I'm sitting there, and I'm watching. And this is probably the fourth or fifth year of us being married. And I finally realized that they loved and accepted me and adjusted to me for who I was, not who they wanted me to be. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And then on top of that, my family did the same thing for her. Now, she didn't have that hard of a thing because, you know, my mom and dad didn't have a daughter. I provided one for them. It's a beautiful thing. I didn't exist anymore. Like, hey, I'm still here, you know, blood right here. No, it's all about her. So their adjusting was very easy, all right? So, but as I'm getting there, I finally figured out her family was now my family. And my family was her family. But this is where it got incredible. My God was her God, and her God was my God, and it's still the same today. There was no adjustment needed there. All that happened was you had two people serving the same God. Now you got one group serving the same God. It's beautiful. That's how the church is. You realize that, right? You got so many different people in this room, all right? So many different walks of life, so many different things. But when you come in here, you're one. When you walk out there as Four Points Church, you are one. What would happen if we adjusted to every single person that walked in this door and we stopped worrying about what we wanted them to be and just accepted for the who they were, these seats would be so full you wouldn't know what to do with yourself. 
three services, four services. Hey, it ain't more work for you. It's more work for him. Why not give him more work, right? Come on. Come on. Look around. You see these seats? I I love walking into a church with empty seats. You don't know why? Because everybody's like, we want our church to grow. We want to do this. We want to do What are you doing about it? The people who are saying we want our church to grow are not adjusting to the people outside the walls. If we, and I'm talking about my church, I'm talking about any church, if we adjusted to other people, then guess what? They would walk into church not feeling like their fingers are being pointed at. They would walk in feeling the arms hugging around them. And the reason why is this. The third one, you show love by reaching beyond your comfort zones. You show love by reaching beyond your comfort zones. That little bubble that you live in, the little bubble wrap that you got. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've always wanted to put bubble wrap around a kid and see what would happen if they really bounce off the walls and stuff like that and not get hurt. But I know they're going to get hurt, so I've never done it. But a lot of times we, as Christians, we want to wrap ourselves in the Holy Spirit bubble wrap, and we want to walk around and act like we're not going to get hurt. When the truth is, we're going to get hurt worse with the bubble wrap on than with it off. Because here's the thing. With the bubble wrap on, people look at us and they snub their nose. With the bubble wrap off, they accept us and we accept them. It's crazy how it works. You look at this, and, and, and what the beautiful thing is, is verse 17 of, of Ruth 1, she says, where you die, I will die. How many of you would say that to somebody? Where you die, I'm going to die. <laughs> no, that ain't happening. I ain't going to follow you that much. I don't love you that much. Ruth looked at Naomi, and she got outside her comfort zone. This was not the life that Ruth wanted. You realize that, right? This is not the life that Ruth wanted. This is the life that Ruth accepted because she was full of love and dedication for those around her. And she accepted it. At this point, I can't help but think about marriage vows where it says, for better or for worse, for rich or poor, and sickness and health, till death do us part, right? You've said those before. Uh, I'm not a tradition guy, so I've added on vows when I, do, when I perform weddings and stuff like that. And I'll never forget the first time somebody said, uh, we really got to repeat that? I said, yes, you do. And this is what I get them to repeat. It says, I will reach beyond my comfort zone to stay with you. I will reach beyond my comfort zone to stay with you. Now, when I got married, I was out of my comfort zone because I outkicked the coverage. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Ten years later, she's still putting up with me. You know what I'm saying? Three kids later, she's still putting up with me when my kids are starting to have like me. Oh, glory. You know? I mean, think about, think about Haston and how he's going to be when he grows up. You know, he's just like his daddy. And Leah is, is outside her comfort zone with two marks in the house, you know? Just like my wife is outside her comfort zone with too many of me, okay? And I think a lot of you can vouch for that. A lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Think about when you walk into your workplaces. You're not like each other, but we want to conform to everybody else. Why fit in when God called you to stand out? Huh? Why fit in when God called you to stand out? Oh, somebody clapped. You know, oh, don't do that now. Think about it. We want to walk in and be like, what'd you do yesterday? I mean, I went to church, you know, and, but then I did this and this and this and this and this. We'd rather talk about what else we did other than who we worshiped. Okay? We've got to get outside of our comfort zones, and this is exactly what Ruth did. We are made to make a difference, and we've got to embrace every single opportunity to do so. Jesus said it clear. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. You can't pick Jesus up one day at a time and act like, oh, I'm going I'm to love Jesus today. And that'd be like Sundays are when your life groups meet. Huh. I'm going to live like Jesus when I'm around people who live like Jesus. Then guess what? You're not being the light of the world that God calls us to be. It ain't happening. And you're not showing love to anybody. Nobody. So as we do that, 
We also show love by offering some encouraging words. Encouraging words. Now, this is very, very hard. We show love by offering encouraging words. You know what the greatest weapon ever made was? Like, when I started studying this, I was like, really cool. I was thinking about a tank or a plane or like this big gun, all this kind of stuff. The greatest weapon that was ever created was your tongue. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yeah, right. Sticks and stones, man, those injuries can happen. But if somebody has ever said anything to you negatively, how many of you can still remember that just by the thought of it? Just the thought of it. Like right now, you're like, man, I can't believe such and such said that. All right, now stop thinking about that, okay? And let me offer you an encouraging word. It don't matter what they think. It matters what God says. And what God says about you is more important about what anybody thinks about you, Okay? So walk in truth in that. And no, Ruth, she said, don't urge me to leave you or turn your back from me. Naomi's going through the worst time of her life, and Ruth says, hey, I'm not going nowhere. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Naomi started to feel a little bit of peace, a little bit of peace because she realized, hey, I lost my husband. I lost my sons. I lost my land. I lost my other daughters and, and all this stuff, but I'm not, I haven't lost Ruth. Ruth was still there. And she was telling her, would you just stop listening to the chatter and listen to what I'm telling you? I'm going to be there with you. Proverbs 25 verse 11. I'm going to read this from the message translation. I love this. It says, the right word at the right time is like a custom-made piece of jewelry. The right word at the right time is like a custom piece made of jewelry. I mean, think about this. Remember, guys, when you got down on one knee and you went to to propose to your wife and she got the diamond that she wanted or she thought she wanted, but yet you had a better idea of what it's supposed to look like, yeah? You, and she was like, oh, you know, and just all excited. What if you talk to your wife like that every single day and you got that same reaction every single day? Whew. I know, I'd be excited. I mean, and, and then think about this. You offer something very precious. What if you start offering something that precious to your mom and your dad, to your brothers and sisters, to your best friends, to those people that you can't stand And all of a sudden you start getting reactions like, hey, you do care. Yeah, I do. That person that you absolutely can't stand tomorrow, Monday morning, they're like the peppiest, perkiest person, and you don't want to be out of bed like, hey, how's it going? You know, shut up. Don't talk to me this early. You know, anybody got anybody like that? Huh? Seriously. What if you walked up to them and said, man, it's good to see you too. They'd be like, what was in your coffee this morning? Why? You don't want to throw anything at me. Like, what in the world? What if you have had rough relationships with your parents and you called them up the day and just said, hey, you know what? I just want to tell you I love you. You ain't got to tell them why. You just love them. What if today, how many of you got Facebook? Huh? How many of you got Facebook? Raise your hand. Come on now. Social media geeks. All right. I'm, I'm one too, okay? How many of you are friends with your pastor on Facebook? How many, what if you just went on there today on the wall and said, hey, pastor, I just want to thank you? You ain't got to tell him for what? Just tell him thank you. Blood, sweat, and tears go into doing a church. You understand that, right? And what if you actually did it to his wife and you say thank you for putting up with Mark? Now, if somebody did that, I'm going to like that and I'm going to share that. It's going to be like crazy. And I'll be like, ha ha, I got you. I mean, think about it. What if you went on there and that person that you can't stand, they just happen to be your friends because they want to see what you're doing, you want to see what they're doing, and you say, hey, you know what? I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. Encouraging words. You don't have to tell people why. Remember, you ain't got to like them. You got to what? You got to love them. 82% of the church said, people who said that they would go to church, they would go because they've been invited. 
Are you doing your part? We're talking about where's the peace, and we're talking about catching people, not catching people. We're, we're giving you reasons why you need to show love to people. But here's the thing. It don't amount to anything if you don't go out those doors and do it. But yeah, we want to go point fingers. You're not directing traffic to the heaven. Okay? You're not going to heaven because you do this. You're not. Man, shut up. Go look in the mirror. Go look in the mirror. How would you feel if somebody was trying to catch you? How many of you would like that feeling? If you don't like that feeling, stop trying to catch others, right? And then the last one, you show love by putting their needs above your needs. See, when Jesus interacted with someone, he didn't see them for who they were, but who they could become. He spoke life into those people, kind of like what we should do. Verse 18, when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Naomi tried to talk Ruth out of this the entire time. No, you don't have to go. No, you don't have to go. No, you don't have to go. You ain't got to do this. You ain't got to do this. When she realized that Ruth was so determined, she stopped. But she didn't stop talking to her. This is what she did. Naomi saw how determined she was, so she stopped trying to persuade her not to go. Ruth was so determined that no matter what Naomi said, no amount of talking was going to stop her from doing that. What you guys need to understand this morning is it does not matter how uncomfortable the journey is going to be. It didn't matter to Ruth whether she was going to have food to eat or water to drink or a place to lay her head. Ruth was determined to stick with Naomi. You know why? Because Naomi needed a friend. There are people in our lives that just need a friend. Where's the peace? And a friend. Toy Story puts it so well. You've got a friend in me. Isn't that crazy? When you go back and you look, 2 Corinthians 13, 7, it says, a friend always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. If you want to impact someone for eternity, then you love them when they least expect it, and you love them when they don't deserve it. A lot of people don't deserve the love. Hey, newsflash, you didn't deserve the cross. I didn't deserve the cross. I still try to wrap my mind around why Jesus wanted to die for somebody like me. And then I want to try to wrap my mind around why I'm doing what I'm doing. You don't know why? Because Jesus has a love that sticks. The same love that he gives us is the same love that we're supposed to give other people. And this is how it goes. I mean, it, you know, we can't, we can't be the hands and feet of Christ if all we're going to do is sit around on our hind end. You know what I'm saying? We want, we want people to fill these seats. Well, guess what? You guys threw out, what, 1,500 fortune cookies yesterday? which is a brilliant idea. I mean, who would have thought, hey, what's my fortune telling me today? Oh, go to church. There's a thought. You want peace? You want hope? Hey, what's he going to say today? Four points church. What in the world? Two and four? Guess what? They just got invited. They're going to show up because of a fortune cookie. What if somebody that they see day in and day out that they're doing life with cares about them enough, loves them enough to walk up and says, hey, you want to go to church with me? Because you're putting your knee above them. We always want to worry. We are selfish people. When God says you need to be selfless and putting our knees above everybody else. Here's, here's the reason why. Proverbs 18.24 says there's a friend who sits closer than a brother. And what's his name, church? Huh? What's his name, church? See, if you can't get loud about it in here, how in the world are you going to get loud about Jesus outside these doors? 
We can worship in here. We can sing in here. We can raise our hands. We can be like kumbaya and all this kind of stuff. But if you don't go out those walls and you don't put your needs above theirs, guess what? They're not coming in. They're not coming in. They don't want to be here. People want to be where they're going to be loved. That's what I love about Christmas. When I go to her, her grandparents' house, so I walk in there, yeah, there's like too many people. But I know when I walk in, I'm loved, and I'm the outsider because I'm the in-law, and they still love me. There's so many outsiders outside these walls that are waiting to be the in-laws in here, and we are not letting them in. Let me put it to you this way. There's five things real quick. I want you to see this. Jesus will stick with you through tough times. How many of you ever been through tough times before, and you knew for a fact that Jesus was there? You don't know why? Because he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's, he's going to be there, and he's going to accept you just the way that you are. Just the way that you are. You know what I love about church today? I don't have to run to the closet to find my clip on tie so I can be welcome in church. I can walk in just like this. I can take this shirt off and wear a V-neck, and guess what? People still going to want me there. They love us for who we are. Jesus loves us for who we are. If you're not happy with the way that you are, look inside your heart. If you're not happy the way that you are, but when you look in the mirror, hey, guess what? God made you that way. You're perfect. Because he loves us and accepts us just the way that we are. He'll reach beyond his comfort zone for you. Everybody always says, Jamie, you don't have a comfort zone. You're right. Show me where Jesus had one. I'll talk to anybody. I don't care. My life could be in danger. I don't care. I know where I'm going. And I'm okay with that. I won't go talk to them. I'm scared of them. Jesus went to hell and took the keys. He wasn't scared of nothing. What you got to be scared of? He faced death so that you could have life. He'll offer you words of comfort and hope. And let's go ahead and add another one in there. Peace. You don't believe me? Stop using your Bible for decoration during Christmas and open it up and read it. That's where you're going to get your words of encouragement. Listen to the people around you. Hey, don't listen to the chatter, the negativity. Listen to the people who want to pour life into you. And when they pour life into you, you go pour it to somebody else. And he put, look at this. He put your needs first when he went to the cross for you. He sat in the garden and said, Lord, if there's any other way, take it away. I don't want to do this. He begged with the Father, hey, if there's any other way, let's go that route. But may your will be done, not my own. Jesus was selfless, not selfish. And I don't know about you, but for some reason, God sees something special in us. And he sees something special in all these people in this community who need to be in these doors. Why don't we see it? Why don't we see it? Hey, I want to be curious real quick. Can you bow your head, close your eyes? I'm just going to be curious. Nobody looking, just me, just me looking, hanging out with you. How many of you would say, Pastor, if the Lord called me home today and it was my time to go be with Jesus, that you would spend eternity in heaven for life? Eternity, straight up, no doubt whatsoever, you know that Jesus is your Savior, 
You're going to go spend heaven with him. If that's you, just raise your hand up real high. Sweet. Now you put your hands down. Hey, church, look at me real quick. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go just a little bit. A little bit of it, okay? Think about this. Not every hand went up. Don't mistake the mission field just for outside these walls. The mission field is also inside these walls. And there's people who need Jesus in this room right now. The question is, do they feel loved and accepted for who they are so that they will accept him, or are they going to sit there and not do anything about it because they don't know if they're loved or not? So this is what I want to do. Well, you need to give your life to Christ for the very first time, or if you need to give your life back to Christ this morning. I want to give you that chance. You don't know why? Because Christmas is right around the corner, and we're going to get presents under the tree, and everything is going to be great, and we're going to talk about what we've gotten and what we've gotten and what we've gotten. And my kids drive me crazy. like, Dad, can I take one toy with me? I just want to show them. I'm like, no, I don't want it to get broken, man. Just, just leave it at home and stuff like that. Hey, we don't leave Jesus at home. We take him with us. We share him with others. So why in the world would we want to talk about what we got under the tree instead of what we got in the manger? Okay? We got the greatest gift. We need to share it. We need to share it. So hey, close your eyes, pray with me. If you need to give your life to Christ for the first time, if you need to give your life back to Christ today, there's no shame in that either. If that's you, pray this in your heart. Father, I come to you now, and I need you. Lord, I've sinned, and Father, I ask for your forgiveness. Lord, come into my life. Clean me up. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Give me a brand new start. Today I call you Father, as you call me son or daughter. Real quick, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer, if you're giving your life to Christ for the very first time, or if you're giving your life back to Christ this morning, would you just raise your hand real fast? Raise your hand up high and put it right back down. How and put it right back down. Amen. Amen. Man, God is good. Hey, real quick, everybody stand with me. Stand with me. I didn't do this first service. I'm going to do it this service. Stand with me. You guys are one, okay? I know this is unnormal. I'm not a normal guy. If you guys will, just reach across, grab somebody's hand. I'm going to pray over you because I know what God's about to do in you and in this church. And I'm going to be right there beside you every step of the way watching it happen. Just grab a hand. I'm going to pray over you. And we're going to be connected. Just like the church is supposed to be outside of here. Connected. Hey, look around real quick. You see this? Don't tell me you're walking out of here by yourself. You got people with you in this fight. You go to battle together. And let me tell you something. If we were to do this on Christmas Eve, y'all going to be like a bunch of sardines up in this place. You don't know why? Because you did your part. You did your part. Everybody needs him. You needed him. You were there one time. So stop keeping him to yourself and giving him to somebody else. Father, I come to you right now, Lord, and I love this place. God, I love this church. Father, I love you, and I love the fact that your love never fails. God, it does go on and on, and nothing can stop that. So, Father, right now, I pray for Four Points Church. I pray that you would do a mighty work, Lord, as you're about to blow this place up. 
God, there's going to be so much growth, it's going to be crazy. I pray that the growth will happen, not because of the pastor, not because of the worship team, but because of the people said, you know what, I'm tired of sitting in my seat. It's time to get out of my seat, and it's time to reach this community for you. God, I pray it should be with their pastor. Lord, give him, give him words, give him wisdom, give him discernment, Father. And Lord, let him lead this church in a battle. God, guess what? The battle and the victory is already won, Lord, because you took care of business. Lord, may we take care of business now as we show love for everybody else who needs it. God, we know that your love don't fail. It goes on and on and on. Come on, church. Amen.